So there was this lady at a meeting of recovery. I come from recovery. I come from recovery. So I was like, I come from Afghanistan. No, I come from recovery. Recover stand. Recovery stand. And uh, she was speaking about something you hear quite a lot, which was, uh, you know, I'm very, very obsessed with self, you know. All I think about all day is me, which is true, you know, in most cases. Then she says, and I... And I feel everyone in the room's thinking about me. Now, how she meant it wasn't true, but the statement was very true. Everyone was thinking about me, but not the me she calls herself to be, but the me they call themselves to be. Yeah. So really, there's we give it the name of self-centeredness, which is a very good description of the system of thought and interpretation. It's self-centered. Yeah. So it's centered on this idea of self. And that idea of self, in my view, actually it's an old Buddhist view, which I like, which is that it's the feeling or a sense yeah, of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So we're identified as the action figure. Yeah, We think we weren't around, then we were born, or maybe you thought you were around and you believe in karma, and this is another reincarnation of this ethereal you that's traveling long distances to reach to its culmination of finding their authentic self, but I don't, that's, that's not, to me that's a story also. But we're identified as this feeling of being a someone, yes? So that's self-centeredness. But when what we call the self-centeredness is me, that's the name it's given. The self-centeredness is just a system of thought and interpretation, but when we're identified with that system and thought and interpretation, it's called me. Yeah, and so most people are thinking about me. Yeah, and the thing is, it's so funny because even the idea of as it sounds like when you say the statement, we we're thinking of me, is that we're actively doing something like that. In other words, I'm actively sitting here thinking about me. I you know I spend at least five hours, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, to think about me for five hours, just to keep the story going. No, there's thoughts about me, yeah? But there's a feeling that I'm the thinker. So as soon as the, the feeling of I'm the thinker is just assumed so much that we go right to, I, I was thinking about me. So we proclaim that we were the doer of something we had nothing to do with, yeah? which is happening quite a lot. And it's getting us into a lot of trouble because we're trying because as soon as we think we have something to do with something that we have nothing to do with, and then it demonstrates that we have nothing to do with it, we have an experience of being powerless and we don't particularly like it. We think we have some power over what's ours, let's say. So these are my thoughts. Why aren't they following my little direction? You know, these are my feelings. Didn't I tell the feeling center I didn't want to have that feeling again? And here it is again. What the hell happened? You know? So there's this assertion I have power because, and the assertion seems to make sense because I did it. And there's a feeling if I'm doing something, I could stop doing it. Yeah? Isn't it the case? You have that feeling. You know, I'm watching this TV show and I can turn it off. I can stop. And it may be in some very innocent cases it seems to be so, but the most crucial ones it doesn't seem to be so at all. Yeah? So now people, in a sense, and it takes a lot of different forms. The sense of, th of being the thinker is in place in all of them. Then there's the, uh, all right, well, I'm just going to have good thoughts. Yeah? 
and I've got these affirmations books, and I have nothing, no opinion about affirmations. Yeah? He's, he's adamantly against affirmations. No, I'm not. I care less about affirmations. But So you're now you're doing affirmations yeah, under the sense that you can change what you can't change. Yeah? So now, all right, all I'm going to do is think, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to think good thoughts. I'm just going to think good thoughts. I'm going to, ooh, there's a bad one came in. How did it get in there? Or I used to do it when I first got sober. I'd wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to have a resentment today. And ten minutes later, I had a resentment. I was pissed off at someone or something because it was getting in my way. Yeah, but I made this assumption based on this idea that I, I have power over how I feel and what I think and what I do. And I always ran into the stubborn fact that I'm powerless in a way. It's a dilemma of being powerless. And it's only a dilemma when you don't know that. See, if you knew that you were powerless, it would be very freeing. But when you don't know that you're powerless, it's a dilemma because you keep assuming something should change if I exert enough force to it. Yeah? And sometimes it may budge, but I think that was in the cards anyway. Or or most of the times it doesn't budge at all. And what ensues is an experience of frustration, which basically furthers a state of agitation. Yeah? Because now, you're, because you have assumed power, and you don't particularly like certain things, and, and then you do like a lot of things, you believe, I'm going to exert power and just get what I want and not get what I don't want. Yeah? And so there's this drive to manage and control based on this assumption I have power. If you saw the powerlessness of the situation, it wouldn't be a dilemma. It would be your saving grace. Yeah? You could be you would start fitting yourself around the circumstances and try instead of trying to fit circumstances around you. And that drive to do that's only based on a false assumption that you have some juice that you don't have. Yeah. See, when you think life is happening to you, you think that life can, shouldn't be happening to you. That's how it goes, yeah? When, you, when your view is life's happening to me, you've got tons of opinions about that. That shouldn't be happening to me. Look at I've been like our, the old condition. I've been good for so long, I sort of subtly expect good things, and when a quote-unquote bad thing creeps up, I'm really surprised. I've been good my whole life. You know what I mean? I was helpful to people. Doesn't that deserve some rebound? Sometimes or sometimes not. So the whole thing is, let's say today was, the extent of today was one second. One second. All of us would do great. Really. If today was one second, if Monday was one second, I'd be fantastic, yeah? But unfortunately, 901 is followed by 902, and 903 and 904 and your story about being this solid unit is really comprised of a lot of variables. You've got to have your outside circumstances and situations a certain way. You've got to have your physical circumstances a certain way. Your mental states have to be a certain way. Your emotional states have to be a certain way. And then there's other states you can't even recognize yet, energetically and stuff like that. And maybe, just maybe, if you're at that retreat for three months and you finally had your last gourmet vegan meal and you walk out of the gates and everything's lined up, you feel freaking pretty good physically. You've been doing like 
whatever, eight hours of yoga a day, your emotions of, oh, it's just been loving. You've, you've met a loving gaze all day with a loving gaze, and everyone's just been hugging after the, the event, you know, everything's, oh, it's wonderful. And then, so your emotional state seems pretty good. Your mental state, you know, maybe it's somewhat calm, because it just went through this huge rush of six weeks of, let's say, silence, yeah? And then you think your spiritual state is good, but your spiritual state is just a conceptual idea issuing from the mental state. That's all it is. You don't have a spiritual state. You are something. You're not, you don't have a spiritual state. You don't have a spiritual state. You are, let's say, of spirit, but you're not, you, don't, you don't have one. You haven't acquired one, or it wasn't part of the stock, the stock version of Paul that has a spiritual state. Now, it can be unnoticed, or if I really work on it, I can sort of bring it to the fore, you know? Again, me having a lot to do with it. So here you go. You come out of the retreat, and that one second, the sun's hitting your lovely gaze, and your, your hair is you just, you know, organic shampoo, you feel good. You've been, everything's unfettered. You've been wearing yoga pants for four weeks, and, da, 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 and it's all right. Man, I feel great. Emotional states, cool. Everything's cool. That one moment, you want to freeze. You want to freeze that moment. You want it to get like that all the time. How successful have we been? We're trying to stabilize what can't be stabilized. You cannot stabilize an emotional state for long. You cannot stabilize. First of all, you can't do anything in a sense, but... This emotional state's not going to be stabilized because it is based on a lot of variables. Yeah? Your physical state is very rarely going to be stabilized for long. It's, it's affected by tons of variables. The circumstantial and situational states, tons of circumstances. The mental states, tons of circumstances. Yeah? It's like trying to juggle four balls on the back of a, a bucking bronco. Yeah? And then, because you're in self-centeredness, you're blaming yourself the whole time. It's impossible. Yeah? If you had one, if one, if the whole life was one second, you would be able to do it. Or it would, it would line up. But you've got like 23 hours and 59 minutes and 55 seconds more just for today. It's exhausting. All based on a premise that somehow you have something to do with something you have nothing to do with. When you were a kid, seemingly, you weren't, but when this event was happening in a young baby, you were clear on that, yeah? And look how well you were taken care of in most cases. So what's causing uh, agitation? Is it today, really? If someone's upset now, is it based on actually today, or is it based on yesterday or tomorrow? Just a simple diagnosis, yeah. If you're sitting in this room, is this room, maybe I am irritating you, that's part of it. I sh- I, hopefully I do. Irritation. Everyone's comfortably numb in a lot of cases, especially in spirituality circles. Jesus Christ. They need a, they need a fucking pinch or something, man. Oh, this whole lovey-dovey stuff. It's fine. But the fact is, the, me- the mental stuff won't arise unless irritated. Yeah? You know? That's why even the, we have a weird website, Zen Bitch Slap, and some people take a big offense at it. And I, it's almost like calling the herd. Far out. If someone would get upset over that, Jesus Christ, 
you've got a lot of work with, you know. It's just so much simpler because we have a lot, of, we take offense because things aren't the way we want it to be. If things are the way you want it to be, that's the biggest offense. That's the suffocating condition. So this whole premise is a simple idea that that feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which is the basis of self-centeredness, which is the basis of the thought system we seem to be saddled with, yes, is that you're a body, you may not be that. Yeah? And so we can look at it that way, or we can look at what comprises its story about being a body, which is that it's the doer, and it's doing the thinking system, it's doing actions, it's doing the seeing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, the smelling. It's actually, there's someone back there, like, pulling the ear to hear a note, you know, and make, and looking out of the eye. There's something there. That's the sense of self. And the thought system and everything else that has arisen as this event has been claimed by this little mental process that I call selfing, and has been claimed by the selfing, and is now being used to facilitate the bondage of self. Yeah? So the thought system, if listened to, not heard, heard is fine, but if, if, is, if it's listened to, that is going to produce the sense of being a self quite a lot. Yeah? And maybe, just maybe, if you do something you love, that, that production will stop, yeah? and you'll really enjoy it, but as soon as a certain point arises, it's going to arise and claim to be the one that was doing that event. Yeah? So let's say like in, with surfing, let's say you're catching a wave, it's beautiful, you're, you're to- totally in the medium, which is very volatile, you don't have time to be thinking about yourself yesterday and tomorrow, or you could drown. Yeah? So there you are, enjoying, enjoying. But as soon as you start coming out of water, the mental state arises and says, I hope someone saw me catch that big wave. Yeah? That's its attitude. This is that self-centeredness. Yes? So, at that point of doing something that you passionately love, and I hope you have one of those things in your life, and you get to do it a lot, because it's a great reminder of how things actually are. Yeah? When you're doing something you love, something gets interrupted. What is that that gets interrupted? Well, the remembrance of self gets interrupted. Yeah? I'm so engaged in what's going on, it's captured my interest and attention so much. I have no interest in following the thoughts that are thinking about me a year ago, or following the thoughts into worrying about what's going to happen to me maybe the next day. That my interest and attention is too interested in attending to this event that it's not going back into the past remembering Paul as a body and not going into the future worrying about Paul as a body and at that moment you're freed from the bondage of self yeah? and usually it's called a peak experience or something you really love to do but it never seems to stabilize because you can't surf 24 hours a day yeah. you can't be fornicating 24 hours a day you can't be whatever for 24 hours a day. There's going to be some break somewhere or another. And so if that's what you believe is bringing you that sense, you'll probably get addicted to it. Yeah. If you think the drugs did it, if you think the surfing did it, if, if the sex, you'll probably become addicted to trying to get as much of that as you can for as long as you can. And, you know, consequences be damned. 
You know what I mean? That's what I found. The alcoholic and the addict of my type, I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to unfeel, not to, I just wanted to, not to feel uncomfortable. It wasn't like the high point of my life. I was just a little break from that unbearable sense of Paul, you know? And I would do anything that could do it. So here's these people, they find something that works, and spiritual seeking is in that category, even though it seems to be exempt because it's usually gilded and it's got thousands of years behind it, but it's the same same, the mental state, if it remembers that one moment at that retreat, when I, oh, I, I, I got it. I had it then. Basically, it, it voids, nulls and voids that by claiming it, and now you get the double whammy. Now you're looking to get back to there, as if it's somewhere that you're not. Yeah? And it becomes another addiction. I saw it here. When I, I used to just do talks with recovery people, and they need help, man. So it was, it was easily motivated to share, because they really are screwed in a lot of ways. We are. We're emotionally crippled, and we're just fucking, we're a mess. So Bill W., the co-founder of recovery, says, you know, AA is like a spiritual kindergarten. All right, so... Five years or so ago, we put out a website. Then I got in touch. People got in touch with me, and they asked me to go speak at places. I went there, and I started to real. First, I didn't wasn't motivated to say much because I said, what the "Fucking, they're fine. They're all driving up in Range Rovers. You know, they've got, you know, Jesus Christ, they've got like tailored yoga clothes on. You know, incredible jewelry. Jesus Christ. I mean, you know." You know, the curlyish long perms with the flowing stuff, like, and the shawls, you know, but ten of them in the same room. So the, the, the goddess mystique was being overdone somewhat. And there you are, giving the talk. <laughs> You're giving the talk, and then I realized, Jesus Christ, you know. I, first I realized I'm allergic to spiritual seeking. <laughs> the first one I did, I got sick to death. I, I swear to God. So the next year I went there, and the same thing was going on, so I just riffed on it for like 45 minutes. And then one of the persons at the place asked, can you give me an example of spiritual, this, the, the, the quote-unquote problem of spiritual seeking? And I went, voila! <laughs> See, the self always removes itself as if it's looking at like a, like a lesson. No, this is it. You're here for seven freaking days. you got 15 different speakers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. Oh, oh. But I mean, it, we're so in it, you don't recognize it. Yeah? So... <coughs> If there's any exceptions, there aren't any exceptions. The mental state called selfing is going to move to claim whatever you're engaged with, be it spirituality or anything like that, and it's going to make it something. Yeah. And it's, the problem is, in spirit, let's say spirituality, if spirituality is really solid, its product is nothing. Yeah. So you're going to miss the message because the mental state's going to make it something that it can digest, yeah? That it can feel, that it can make palatable. It wants what it's hearing to fit in its little frame. Yet, this is how you lose what that is, by making it something you can understand. See? He just realized it. On 4th and San Rafael, we should all be fucking screaming, but we're too civilized now. 
keep that loving gaze on. Oh. This is my 800th meeting. When am I going to get it? I bought every fucking DVD, every freaking book, and I've read them three times. <laughs> How long does something have to fail till you get that it's a failed system? You can't apply what we apply to the worldly events and things to this, because you are that. You and I, we are that which we're looking for. It sounds so corny, but it's so damn true. You and we are the seeker. We are the sort. You know, The seeker is the sort, but not found through seeking. If it would be able to be found through seeking, it probably would have a long time ago, because there's been a whole lot of seeking. Yeah? And usually, if you ever read those people, they get to a point where the seeking gets exhausted, and then they see a little dribble on the wall, and their mind cracks open. Yeah? And then they get it. But not by doing all of that. The doing it just negated the sense of the doership. Yeah? That system finally exhausted itself in pursuing what it can't find, and when it collapsed, the solution was still there as it always was there, and then it dawned on the solution. I am that which I was seeking. Yeah? Instead of, I am not that which I'm seeking, therefore looking all the time for it, you realize through the looking can serve you by failing miserably, and then you're left with, I am that which I was seeking. Yeah? Yet you don't even have the joy of finding it. And it's definitely not in any experiential level. It will t- you'll have maybe some heightened experiences, but it's not found in the experiential level. Because the experiential level appears to us. And that's what we discover, the us that it appears to. It cannot be experienced. Yeah? You know, but it can be, all our experiences can be infused with it. In other words, what you are will start leaking out into the experience that which you are is having through what you're not. Yeah? It will. You'll notice it. You'll come to the conclusion something's really changed by seeing the effects. Well, like Jesus says, you can't know the tree, but you can judge a tree by its fruits. A good tree cannot bring forth good bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruits. You can't know the tree because you are the tree. You sow the tree, it may not even dawn on you, even when this breaks out, because you won't even care, but then you'll see its intimation by what's going on in life, what you now recognize is that's happening that you weren't seeing at all before. It, isn't, it doesn't mean it suddenly started to appear. It was always pregnantly available, but you bring it up. You bring whatever can be potentially so into soness. You and I, we're the conduit. It doesn't happen out there in and of itself. Nothing happens out here in and of itself. Nothing's happening unless there's some witnessing of it. You and I are the seeing of everything. Yet we can't be seen. That's the relief. You stop looking for what can't be seen. You stop grabbing for what can't be grabbed. You stop trying to figure out for what can't be figured out. And you definitely stop trying to know what can't be known. Yeah? And then things become obvious. Blue becomes blue and red is red. Yeah? 
I have no freaking confusion of any metaphysical level. I lose my keys a lot. This stuff, and that happens. I can't pull off a day without, you know, I leave my house, I got to go back like four times, you know, because I forget something, but I'm not sitting there pondering a metaphysical question anymore. <laughs> that would be it, pondering an idea of it. Yeah. Now, if you don't have it, then the ideas may be a good substitute. But when it appears, you don't need any ideas. Yeah. The understanding has a point until the scene becomes dominant. When you are clear that you are that, there's no need for an understanding except to share stuff with. Yeah. The solution is so economical, it negates its own necessariness. As soon as the problem is seen from the solution, the problem is inherently unreal. It's not so. You were never bound. You just think you've been bound. yeah, And therefore, there's a drive to get free. But you were never bound. The freedom from the bondage is prior to the bondage, not after it. yeah. It's not a discovery that you are bound and now you move in this heroic, Herculean task to become free. That's all selfing. That's all about you again. Yeah? It's like you realize, you see that the, real, the apparent bondness wasn't so. Never could have been so. And it ain't so. Yeah? And then you find out what is so. And what is so is prior to any freaking bondage and definitely prior to any idea called freedom. Yeah. Then you go on with your day. <laughs> so, it's not just I mean, it gets so ordinary. If you have any drive and, and thirst for experience, you'll be bored with it. Yeah. It's not gonna make you anything special or anything. Just certain people will feel like you're present because you are. Yeah? Because you realize you cannot be. You cannot not be present. It's not like you worked really hard to become present. You just realize it's impossible not to be present. Yeah? This whole idea always gets me this, this drive to get into a moment is based on the premise you could be out of a moment. Have you ever been out of a moment in your own life? There wouldn't have been any... The moment would have been noted unless you were there. The moment wouldn't have left an impression on you unless you were there. Yeah? This whole idea of trying to get into something that you can't be out of is insanity, isn't it? If you look at it, really busily trying to get into a moment when the whole reality is you can't be out of one. And then the idea of trying to get out of something you can't be in, which is a sense of self. You can only appear... It can only appear to the mind that you're a self. It can never make it. You cannot be a self. You, as what you are, can't be a thing and a thing alone. All you can do is feel like one. You can think you're one. Yeah. You can assume you're one. You can insinuate all day you're one. But you're not. Yeah. So the whole idea of how to get into the moment is a realization you can't be in out of the moment, yeah? How much effort would that take? How much effort would it take to get out of an imaginary problem? 
How much effort? How much vigilance? How long would it take to vanquish an imaginary problem? It takes no time, none, to get out of what you're not in. No freaking time. It's just the realization of the basic facts that are going on. Yeah. Not blinded by a form of looking called self-centeredness, you see. And what you see is a production that produces this sense of self. You see it all day. When did it arise to you that you were the thinker of the thoughts in one's head? When were, when were you adorned with that crown? When did that happen? When suddenly feelings were just arising, suddenly became your feelings. And now you had jurisdiction over that giant realm of feelings. And you would say, these are bad ones and these are good ones. I want some more of these. I don't want those. And all of this activity started to occur in this thing that comes and goes. It seems to come unbidden and then it goes unbidden. Yet, while you think, while you have it, while you've claimed it to be your feelings, you think you've got a lot to do with them. Yeah. I want to tease this one out a long time. Look, there it went. Joy. I don't want this feeling of depression to last longer, but your mental state would say it's going to last forever. Shit. Yeah. Haven't you noticed in your life, when something's going good, how long do you feel ease and comfort in that situation before your head starts getting concerned? When are they going to find out? <laughs> when are they going to find out? I don't have the qualifications for this job. When are they going to find out that I'm an asshole? This girl's going to leave me by the end of the night. I know it. You know, I might as well just fuck off right now. All this stuff comes up. Yeah. But the same head, if you're feeling bad, what does it do with that? Oh, this is, this is the beginning of a life lifelong depression, I know it. You know? How are you going to feel if you feel a lifelong depression is coming on? Probably not well. Yeah? What would, you prob what would you be apt to do? Almost anything. To get relief, to preempt the preempt this terrible feeling that you don't even have yet. Yeah? So you produce another feeling that's going to lead you to a much, much more elongated terrible feeling. That's what happens. I meet a guy, a new guy in recovery. He was a heroin addict, and he's getting in sober. And, and he said, oh, last night, man, that thing came over me. And, you know, that feeling, it felt like it was going to last forever. I said, exactly. That's the fucking mental state amplifying the little acoustic note on your guitar. <laughs> it's gonna, what, you know, he's going to do heroin by 11.30 tomorrow, last night. If, he, if that stayed there and was sustained and he didn't call someone or go to a meeting and it wasn't interrupted, he would have gotten fucked. Because it felt so real. Yeah? But the, the feeling of so realness wasn't based on the thought or the feeling, but on the condition of what was seemingly having the thought and the feeling. You and I. We were giving it all the meaning it has by believing it. When we believe something's going to last forever, it's going to provoke a very uncomfortable feeling right now. Guaranteed. If you believe right now with the head, if your belief is in that you're entering a lifelong depression tonight, you're going to be pretty damn agitated sitting here. Yeah? And you don't even have a depression, but you'll preemptively attack it by having it before it starts. 
This isn't a once in a night event. It's going on constantly. And we never, never get that we're the one that's giving meaning to it. We keep thinking these things are invading our space and those thoughts are driving me crazy. No, those thoughts are being used to drive you crazy and the selfing is driving you crazy. And how it's driving you crazy? Because it keeps on, keeps on insinuating yourself. It keeps on implying it, saying, affirming it, you know, all day, all day, all day, all day, all day. They're, all there is is pointing, and then the mental, then our mind, the big M, makes the leap into what's pointed at. And that's a you. And you may not be too good in your eyes. You may have a lot, a lot of bad things about you that you don't want anyone else to see because you're afraid they'd be thinking the same thing you're thinking of you. And so on and so on. You get in, it's like stepping on flypaper. Every move now just reinserts the effect of the paper. Because you're going to put your other hand on to get out of this hand, and then you're stuck here. It's like those, one of those things you used to have when you played... Uh, Twister. Twister. Yeah, yeah. You're in one thing, and it's like this, and you, there's no getting out of it. Because you believe you're in it. Not because it's truly there. You believe you're in it, and then it seems to be there. And one day, let's say you wake up from it, and suddenly what was so real an hour ago is unreal. How could that possibly be? Wouldn't they have to move a lot of reality out of it to appear unreal? Very quick. No. It's reality, and it's unreality is based on you, not on it. There is no it. All there is is us, as thusness or as isness. But there is no it. The it appears to be an it to us. So try to change you by changing the its doesn't work. But if this changes, then the its are seen differently. Almost like a miracle. But it's not a miracle. Because what was sustaining their seeming reality loses interest in it and stops sustaining it. And now that interest starts enriching your life instead of enslaving it. Yeah? You come out of the ass of self. You get bored of all that stuff. I mean, how many times have you heard the same shtick? I'm afraid of blah, 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 blah. You know? People have diaries of 30 years. Every every log is like, I'm afraid of. I'm afraid. And then thousands of different topics and subjects. But the premise, the basis is the same. Anxiety, fear, agitation. How are you going to receive peace if you're going to try to catch it with an agitated state? You're going to lend the agitation to the peace. How many times have you gotten a sense of peace and it was seen, quick, put out so quickly by the idea, will I be peaceful tomorrow? Yeah, I feel great at this meeting, but Tuesday, you know, we pledge allegiance to time and then time has a huge influence on us. You don't see the connection? How come when you're, feeling, you're doing something you really like, time just speeds by? Then when you're doing something you don't like, it seems to drag. You don't see your role in it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take like CSI forensics. It's just basically, you've been at every scene of the crime. And you're, yet you're very rarely questioned. 
<laughs> you know, you have your investigative team and you're on the serial killer's uh, trail and suddenly you're walking into a room and you, your partner says, hey, that jacket looks like yours. <laughs> and you still don't get it. Oh, yeah, there's your, there's your shoes. What? You're the killer. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing it. <laughs> By then it's too late. You're going up to the clinker. You better wake up now to that you're awake. Yes, you want to say something? Yeah, can you hold on? I like to go and then riff. It's like a souffle. Yeah. There'll be a nice aroma. You'll, it'll be very enriching for you. Even if you don't think so. <laughs> Seriously, I've been here tons of times. I, I know exactly what's happening. <laughs> I have total faith in it. I really do. It's like serving a spiritual subpoena. You've already been served. Yeah. Hopefully, instead of going to the court of the mental courts, you'll go to the court of light, really. And you, all, your, all the things you think you've omitted and committed will be annulled. Yeah? You'll be left off the biggest hook of all your own. Yeah? So you can just... And maybe all you really needed or wanted, and you gave it far-flung you know, far terms of enlightenment, was just an ease and comfort in your skin and the ability to be flexible in circumstances and situations. You know what I mean? Maybe going with the flow is much better than trying to brook it or go against it. And maybe you'll learn that you can fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you all day. Yeah? I mean, I haven't thought of those... I think people drive themselves crazy with the term enlightenment. I swear to God, I wish on a lot of people I know where they never heard that freaking idea. Because it's been used as a weird yardstick and they never measure up. And it just causes more suffering when the whole point of enlightenment is it's the succession of all suffering. The way the mental state uses it is to provoke suffering. It's mind-boggling, eh? The most beautiful things we believe can't be untarnished is untarnished in a second by the selfing. It has no respect for all of this. It doesn't respect if this is 5,000 years old or was printed on papyrus from one you know, century A.D. It will make you a spiritual seeker. It will make you a meditator. It will make you a yogini. It will make you this. It will make you that. And in that, that's, that path of freedom will be used to bind you to the idea of being a someone. Don't put it past it, because it, I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. Yeah. It's working feverishly. Every time something arises, it's busy claiming it. You noticing or not, it's making up a someone. It's making up a meditator. It's making up a do-gooder. It's making up a, a wise one. It's making up this. It's making up a loser. It's making up an addict. It's making, making, making up. It wants to have, give name and form to things. Yeah. when you see that when you see it it freezes it it's like a wrench thrown in its works and it cannot produce its desired end which is the seeming appearance of being a someone yeah it can never make that someone, but it can make it seem to be so to you. Yeah? 
you and I are the reality and we're lending reality to things all day we're, we're lending reality to time the past and the future and that power that we are produces an effect out of an imaginary field there's nothing there yet thinking about it can produce an effect right now in our state Yeah, that's the power of mind we are the only reality lending rea our reality to things through the identification as a thing The Course in Miracles if you ever heard it or didn't it's a beautiful it's not from this place that's for sure it's definitely a download they make an incredible statement that really means a lot to me it just reverberates which it's you and I are the dreamer of the dream yeah if you and I are giving everything the meaning it has that's a pretty good definition of dreaming yes I mean nothing here has a reality that can override the meaning we give it basically so you and I are the dreamer of this dream we forgot that we're dreaming it this is the important point. We forgot that we're dreaming it. And, I, and what I, that motivated me to look at, how am I forgetting that I'm the dreamer of the dream? Yeah, you would think that would be... See, when I did, no matter how much coke I did, I never became cocaine. Yeah, there was always a separation. But in our case, it's gone past that. We've become something, we've taken ourselves to be something that we're not. So by remembrance of self, I forget that I'm the dreamer. Yeah. so when my mental state and I'm paying attention to that because I think it's about me when my mental state is constantly remembering me by thinking about me as a body in the past and worrying about me as a body in the future yeah, when I'm remembering self it produces the state of being forgetful of my own nature yeah. so I forget that I'm the dreamer so what happens in this state when I'm in that forgetfulness I give I, everything I dreamt I've given the power for it to affect me so my reality goes out through the identification to the things that I'm dreaming and now those things bite my thing ass Paul yeah? so you and I are the dreamer of the dream we forget that we're dreaming it and, we, and we've given everything we've, everything we've given oh, everything we've given the meaning to now has, has the ability to affect us yeah it's a diagram of every day, basically, if you notice it, yeah? Because how could something that was the worst thing that ever happened to you be the best thing that ever happened to you in a year or two, or maybe in a week? Maybe for 20 years you have a story that you've worshipped at, that you've used it for many excuses in your story of life, and that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then something happens to you, the mind, and suddenly it's seen as the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, how could the worst thing be the best thing? It's neither. It's only the meaning we give it. Yeah. And if that's the case in our whole experience here. Everything is truly only the meaning we give it. Yeah. And this has been given an incredible meaning, much more, much stronger, much more powerful than God, and the meaning is it's me. Yeah. It's the crowning act of achievement of self-centeredness. Me. Yeah. 
Not fueled by the system, but fueled by the mind that's paying attention to the system. So I lend this system the reality, and then the sense of being Paul seems as real as real can be. But where did it get that sense of reality from if it isn't real? If false evidence appearing real, that's the acronym for fear, one of them, right? False evidence is appearing real. What is it appearing real to? False evidence is appearing real. Okay, so there's false evidence going on in my head that I'm going to have cancer three months from now, right? It appears real to me. Yeah? What happens is a contraction occurs in this experience because I'm afraid I'm going to have cancer. Yeah? Now, it's false evidence. I don't have it. Yeah? But that doesn't matter because what it's appearing to be real to is what's real, and therefore an event occurs. Yeah? And a contraction in this experience, and I'm, flipped, I'm reacting to tomorrow, and I'm missing out on tonight. How many tonights and todays have you been missed out on based on that? How much, how much have you not responded to something and reacted to the thoughts of yesterday and tomorrow? How much is the here that we're in a mental here? This here, to, for us, in time, is bookended by tomorrow and yesterday. There's no doubt about it. It's actually chock full of it. So it can't even be called here. It's a mental here. Yeah? But that mental here is chock full of the past and the future. You're not just responding to what is. You're responding to what was, which may not even be the truth, and what could possibly be. It's slavery. I don't care how you look at it. If you, if you shoot time into it, it's slavery. Seeking is slavery. Looking, looking, based on the fact that you're missing something, is slavery. You can't help yourself. You've got to read the next freaking book. The next non-duality book. Go see, you know how many people have told me Oh, this new speaker is the one. And then they'd get disappointed by him or her. And then there's another one a couple months later. You know? And then there's... The, but the safest are the dead ones. You know? Oh, I bet you he was the one, but he's dead. That's convenient. He was the one. I bet you if you went to see Nizza Gadada Maharaj when he was alive, you would have probably left him too. <laughs> there wasn't that many people there. <laughs> I'm telling you, there was a lot of us going through the circuit... And a lot of us would have left. Probably Robin Maharshi, bye, he's in diapers, frick that, bye, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? We assume that we would have recognized. Oh. That seeking is like being on one of those, like, walk, that sidewalks in the airport. You're going by things. There's the one. There's the one. There's the one. There's the one. All the while, you're that. That's the news, honey. You're what you're looking for. If you keep looking for it, you will live as if you haven't found it. It's not true, but it will seem to be true to you. Yeah? If you keep looking for it in the way we're looking for it, you will appear not to find it. 
if you see the way you're looking isn't you, you actually have nothing to do with it. It's almost like a space helmet. You finally realize you can take it off, yeah, and you do just fine. It's sort of a drag. Can you imagine if you were walking around today in Marin, 90 degrees, and you had a freaking helmet on, and you were complaining and bitching. It's so claustrophobic, and it's so hot. All you had to do was pop it off, but it never comes across as a, as a solution, yeah, because we think it's our head. It's just like that. We have these pair of glasses on called self-centeredness, and if you just put your hand here and felt it, you'd realize there was like this metallic thing, and then you could take them off. And by its absence, you would see, you would see that it was the problem. Not by looking through it, but by its absence, when it was taken off, you would have gone, you would have an instant diagnosis. That's why! The glasses! Yeah? But we're trying to, we're taking them to be the eyes, and we want to have that experience. That's why it was the glasses, but we, we're identified as the glasses. We're not going to let that happen. There's too much investment in that. We take them to be our eyes. And we're going to go into like spiritual automatrists and get the newest pair of glasses, non duality mixed with tantric sex. That would be great. I mean, really, they, if they want to match some things up, how about non-duality with, like, long strip teasers or something, you know? Make it interesting. We're going to fuse these things. And we try, all right, that glasses, all right, or another pair of glasses. And so you want, the next one is going to correct the distortion of the other, the previous one. And then the next one will correct, correct the distortion, you know what I mean? But if you just felt around and saw the first ones that you've taken to be your eyes through the act of being identified as it, yeah, you would just go like this and see, hey, a possibility would dawn on you that's not coming too easily, which is, I can take them off. <laughs> I can be freed from it. You know? Not vigilance keeping it away from my spiritual doors. It's the winds of, of that's always howling. No, free from it. No vigilance, no concentration of relaxed awareness, yeah? You're awake to being awake. And that becomes your basis, yeah? Now, if you want to have spiritual experiences, do something. Because this won't be a spiritual experience. It won't. It's, it's like dog shit awareness. It's, it's so ordinary, the mental state is not interested in it at all. Yeah. It can't make anything out of it. No one's going to recognize your loving gaze. You may not have one. Yeah? You're not going to have perfectly, you know... It's just not going to happen. You probably, Most people won't notice a damn thing about you. Hallelujah! I don't know how easy you can say it. I don't know. Maybe it's um, uh, maybe I'm, uh, you know, I've got to refine the tools because to me, I just go to the same message all the time. And really, the cautionary aspects of it is the idea of you've got to see how you're hearing the message, not what message you're hearing. It's how you hear. Is the hearing of I, you're a lion being translated into I can become like a lion? Well, that would be a good thing to know, yeah? 
It will save you a lot of time. If the message is you're a lion already, and the only way you, as how you're comprised right now, can understand it is, I can become like a lion, that means there's a precedent there in that system that's receiving the message. That's the dilemma. There's a previous identification as being a sheep. And when the sheep hears that it's a lion, it's going to override the message and turn it into, I can become like a lion, but as a sheep. Yeah, that is not the message. The message is you're a lion. All right, I like that message. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. But the first myth that rises to catch it, right, is the mental myth, and it's going to make it something. Yeah, if you realize you never get it, you already are it. There's no raising of any myth. You are it. You already gotten it. Yeah, you're so full of it. Yeah. It's more about an expression than any try of getting. Yeah. All right, so here's the message. You're a lion. You're a lion. You are a lion. Oh, I love this teacher, man. He's always pointing out to me I'm a lion. But the ear has turned it into, I can become like a lion, because the precedent is set almost in stone through the identification as that, that idea of being a self, and that self is that sense of being that sheep. And when the sheep... Here's the message about being a lion. It can only hold it in relation to it. The sheep is not going to brook that it's not a sheep, so it says the next best thing, I can become like a lion. So now people hear the message of non-self, and they try to become a non-self as a self. It's like the last thing. Everything else, we've tried everything. You know, meditating, yoginis. Now it's like, all right, I'm going to hear the message of non-self, and I'm going to... I'm going to become that as a self. It's almost as insane as wanting to experience your own absence. <laughs> You're not, it's not, that's not going to happen ever. Yeah? You're inherently absent. You find out what you are by realizing what you're not. That's how you do it. That's how it happened with me. I found out what I was by realizing what I'm not. I never found out by listening to things about what I am, I'm this incredible, whatever. That never worked for me, ever. I just made up a story about I, as this, was going to become like that. Yeah? But when I, re- when I heard that I'm not this, and, it, and it, took a, it took hold, the first thing I could entertain was, I can be free from it. Not free as it anymore. Yeah? I'm not trying to be free as the self. I want to be free from it. And the beautiful thing is, you're inherently free from it because there is no self. There's only an appearance of self by the mind's addiction to the process of selfing. That's it. Thoughts aren't held as yours anymore. They're seen as thoughts. Feelings aren't held as yours. They're seen as feelings. Yeah? Life is not happening to you. It's happening. It's a hugely different event. Doesn't mean there's no thoughts. There's thoughts. Doesn't mean there's no feelings. There's feelings. It just means that they're not yours. Yeah? They're not your... They're not under your jurisdiction. You're that unmovable scene 
that's seen everything that's ever been seen here in your life, that's heard everything that's ever been heard, that felt everything that could ever been felt, that smelled everything that could ever been smelled, and yet you can't think it, you can't feel it, you can't experience it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. You can't have it. You are it. Any questions then? Isn't this lovely, this flavor right now? It's nice. Yes. Do you think there could be a spiritual seeker anonymous? And where? Spiritual seekers anonymous. Oh, I think so, yeah. I'd love to see a, one a, a, like that. I'd love to. I mean, how many meetings like this have you ever seen when someone come over to you and go, all right, I think that's enough. Let's go. <laughs> no more stop saying. Put the book down. Put common ground down. So, you know, it would be great, really. Would. It would. 28 day program. You know, not retreat program. Take them to Kmart every day. Walmart. Yeah? Walmart. Go to Walmart every day. See how noble that will seem. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, but we don't have that, no. It's too subtle. And it's been given a certain royal meaning. You know? It's not like when you're running to the dealer to get your hit. That looks like a, a, a criminal offense. But when you're running to the to teacher to get something, it's seen as like a noble endeavor. But is it producing the goods that it promises? If they were real businesses, they would have gone out of business, yeah? I mean, I meditated quite a lot in my this life, a lot. Yeah. I sat in those in the jungle for thirteen hours a day, losing twenty pounds over a three week period. There was no food; you just have soup before ten thirty. Thirteen hours, seven hours sitting, and six hours walking, meditation. No one spoke English. I see the guy in the morning. And he just give me another point to go on with the body. We just used to do this route, going over body points. And he just sit there going over the points, having had tons of experiences, revelations, all this, yet nothing basically changed. He walked out, the selfie was in pretty good shape, <laughs> claimed everything that happened, and you became a spiritual person now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you let people get in the bus before you. And then you sat there, oh, please, take my seat. Oh, you're such a lovely person. You look very bright. Yes, yes, that's what I was looking for. That's my new bling-bling, in a sense. And I saw it, and I saw it do it over and over again on all these things I was, uh, I was um, introduced to. And it was a very stubborn template that would go over everything, and make it, I'm the doer, and this is what I'm doing, and this is what I'm having to get somewhere. Yeah? Now, I didn't know that this was a mental state, trying to do and have itself into a state of being, but all it could do is produce another mental state. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I totally get the spiritual thing, but uh, like your friend who called you and he was having that wanting to go out and get loaded or whatever. He, if if he just said that's not, I'm not. That's not me. That's not. Uh, like disconnect from it, but it's a powerful like. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Let's say you're thinking about having kids. Well, what if you do? What if it's happening right now in you? It's cooking, and you know it, and you've been given this, this, and this. So if you just say, "Oh well, that's the body," and I just carry on. Well, the thing is, you'll find out what you'll say when that time comes. But that guy who's called me up, and when he says, when he describes where he's at. He, He's at the consequential level. He needs his house is on fire. He needs a pail of water. You don't respond with "there is no house and there is no fire," because <laughs> that's it's, that's not the appropriate response. You respond to where the person's where they're from, seemingly, and by that statement, they're seemingly in hell. Yeah. So it's no good to say there is no hell, right. and also there's no heaven. You know. No, you say, hey, listen, I'll come over and pick you up, and we'll go to a meeting, or, you know, let's have coffee. And you attempt to sort of uh, derail that thing that's gotten him. You know, to me, I see alcoholism and I see selfing as a parasitical movement. It's a mental movement, yeah? It's only in the mental realm, but it, it affects the other realms, physical, emotional, circumstantial. But it's, that's where its activity is, Yeah. And it's a parasitical movement. So when I know someone's been had, it's about, you've got to see where they're at. And so, hey, they need a pail of water. Then, while the pail of water is working, you can start saying, you know, there's a possibility that there is no house and there is no fire. You know? There is that possibility. But at the time when the house seems to be on fire, it's not appropriate. You know? You have that idea. You're not stuck on anything. You're not stuck on the message, yeah? I was just with I was just with three newcomers in AA four hours ago, and what I was talking to them about and how I was doing it had nothing to do with what we're talking about here in a sense. It was a whole different approach because that's what was needed. Yeah. I've had it in AA. People love when I share in AA, and if I tell them to go to Zen Bitch Slap, I never see them again. <laughs> Most of the time, seriously. They cannot take it. Just doesn't 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 see it, so that's not appropriate. And so people say, "Well, why? How can you not say this?" And it's not what you say. Where you're at's going to be obvious. It's going to come through whatever you say. That's the message. It's not the words. You know, it's the certainty. When when there's a certainty, the words don't have to be certain. You're not stuck in a certain, oh, I can never use the word I again, or me. It's just fucking insane. To me, that's like uh, like non-dual Pharisees, you know? They're totally, they know the letter of the law, but they miss the spirit of it, yeah? I had someone call me years ago. They said, what is that sound I hear at the end of one of your meetings? I say, oh, we get up and we do the serenity prayer. And then I said it to them. And they said, how can that be? You asking for, and I said, give us a break. Let us enjoy what we do, you know, because something's being conveyed when we're sharing that, that prayer. It's not the prayer. Yeah. It's the mind using that conveyance to express something. Just like all rituals, like the guy Nizagaram Maharaj. 
you know, he was talking about a very, very incredible space, and then he had to, he'd be polishing the windows of all these pictures he had of saints. The people say, why is he doing that for? Because he liked to. Yeah. It brought out something. Yeah. The flavor's coming from us. We're not putting the flavor in. The flavor's coming from out, us, out of us, and some things incite it. Some things pull it out more easier. Yeah? Yeah. So when we're not selfing, then we're spirit? Yes, because you are spirit, because you're not selfing. Take it the other way. You're not selfing. There's selfing. And if you believe there's selfing, then you think you're doing it or it's being done to you. That's the product of the selfing. There is no one selfing. And you said, if I wasn't selfing, I'd be spirit. Exactly. You never have been selfing. Hence, you are spirit. People hear the message, they call me up. All right, Paul, I really like your message. And I just want to report I've been selfing all day. Yeah? The selfing, that's not the product of the selfing. It's the feeling of being the one who is doing the selfing. That's the bondage of self. And the feeling of being the one that the selfing screwing with is the bondage of self. Not the selfing. The selfing is just an activity, and then the mind does the rest. The mind makes the leap. The selfing just points that there's a someone. The mind makes a leap into the feeling of being the someone. Yeah? The, the, all the thoughts and feelings that are claimed are now being used to facilitate that there's a feeler and a thinker. Yeah? The feeling of being the thinker and the sense of being the feeler is the bondage of self. Then people say, well, it's an ego. No, it's not ego. Because there's something that feels like it has an ego. That's the self, the feeling of the one who has the ego. When you talk about an ego, don't you say, I ha- it's my ego or I have an ego? Yes? That feeling of having or claiming is the bondage of self. That, the feeling it produces, isn't the ego. We put the emphasis on the ego to hide out the feeling of self. The idea of ego is like an objectification, a conceptual objectification of self. The selfing is a sense. It's a feeling. It's a vague feeling that has a huge surety in it. There's a huge certainty that seems to come from it. It doesn't come from it. It's the mind's believing it that makes it seem so real. What would happen if the mind stopped being interested in it? Find out. I'm just giving you a humble invitation. Find out what it's like when when your interest and attention is not interested and attentive to it anymore. Find out what it's like. That may be more than enough than enlightenment and awakening and all that stuff. It may be more than enough. Yes? I'm just wondering, because sometimes I have a conflict to thoughts, you know, like a good one and a bad one. But sometimes a good one seems to be also entrenched in something. So I'm wondering, is it possible to have kind of two of self-selfing? Oh, yeah, yeah. The selfing is split. <laughs> but we give it the meaning of good or bad. It's the same energy, it's the same thoughts, the thoughts are the thoughts, but then we split them up, yeah? Into good and bad thoughts. They have two voices talking all the time, I guess. Yes, we call it the committee in recovery, yes. Yeah, it's funny, sometimes you're talking, it's like something's talking to you, and then sometimes you're the thing that's talking. Isn't it? 
sometimes something's like trying to convince you, like you have two people in there. One's trying to convince someone he has to get to say yes to go left. <laughs> because he can't go left. And then sometimes it, it's you thinking, talking about something else. Yeah. Sometimes you seem to be the subject. Sometimes you are an object. Hasn't it been the thoughts are sometimes like you're an object of the thoughts, and then sometimes you feel you're the thinker of the thoughts. So you can get it both ways. Sometimes you feel like you're the thinker of the thoughts, sometimes you feel like you're the object of the thoughts. Yeah? Like the thoughts are about you, and sometimes you're the thinking of them. It's funny as hell. It drives you crazy. And that's when, if it goes unleashed for a while, you're going to be talking out loud while you're walking down the street. You will. You'll be having a conversation. Self, selfing will be selfing. Selfing with selfing. <laughs> you're neither of that. You're neither of them. You're not th- that one that's the bad, nor the good. You're neither. The solution is neither, not one over the other, but neither. Neither. You're not a thing. Yes. Is the Course of Miracles a book? Yes. Well, it's yes, it's put in a book. Okay. It's a lot more than that, I think. But yeah. Was came, it was came out in about the seventies. Uh, this psychiatrist started having downloads, and uh, she thought it was pretty interesting. And the download said it was the it was the mind of of the Christ of Jesus of Nazareth, and so that caught her attention. And so one of her colleagues would transcribe it as she spoke, and that was the Course of Miracles came out. And it's a it's a way it's a year long program, has three hundred and sixty five lessons has a text before describing the uh, structure of mind or the mental structures here that we're claiming to be ours. Yeah. See, once you see it as a foreign installment, you can entertain being free from it. Yeah. That's the whole point. The thing that feels subject, so subjective can be objectified. You can know self like a topic. You can see it. Once it's taken that flavor out of it, you'll see that it's a structure like a house of cards. It has nothing that it really depends on except your interest and attention. Yeah? In other words, you're the one that's lighting that that vacant house. Your interest and attention. And what causes our interest and attention goes there is its hook is that it's about us. Yeah? So we we, we become identified as this representation of being a self. And in that, everything starts becoming about this. And we're interested in all of these things because they're about this. Yeah. Now, if you entertain, you're not that, what will happen is you'll lose interest in all that's facilitating the sense of this Yeah. as being you. All of that that's being used to facilitate it, you'll lose interest in it. And it can only make an appearance. It cannot make it so. You're the one that makes it seemingly so by believing it. Yeah. In other words, it's just an advertising all day, but you're the product when you believe it. Yeah. In other words, selfing can only reach the level of seemingly being so. It can appear to be so to mind. Yeah. Through identification as a body. So you appear to be so to the mind. It's taking this to be reality. And hence, now the reality lends itself through this to other things. And we have this little dance going on. Yeah? Now, for some of us, it's too heavy. It's too fucking real. Our feelings are too real. Yeah? We're way sensitive. And those people tend to become addicts and stuff. Because we got to get relief. 
and it's very pressing to get relief from the making of self. It's driving the whole system fucking crazy. Yeah? Yeah. But what happens is we're led by ignorance into making an ignorant solution, which is let's get drink, let's drink and get loaded, which produces a whole other problem. Yeah? So now you're addicted to the solution that was giving you relief from the first addiction, which is selfing. Yeah? And so now, let's say you get rid of, now you get, the addiction gets under question, then it's, it seeps into spending too much or buying too much or pornography, or somehow that addictiveness is going to leak out because the real dilemma hasn't been looked at, which is the identification as a self. For me, it's the first, yes. Why, why does the, in, in a special moment of the surfer, why does the surfer need an external witness? Well, that's what I'm saying. This it doesn't. But when the mental why does, it, why does why does the surfer believe it needs that external witness? Well, because in a sense, because it's that idea of that image of being a surfer. Now, this is all in the mental state. So the basic fact is, it's not so. So it has to appear to be so a lot. Yeah. So by having someone else see you as a great surfer, it sort of makes you feel like a, better, a great surfer, yeah? In other words, to be acknowledged. See, identification has to constantly be acknowledged because it's trying to produce a reality out of, out of, of an appearance, yeah? Now, what's real doesn't have to advertise at all because it's real. So while I was reeling it in the water, everything was great. When the mental state rose up, it wants to be acknowledged as a surfer so that that image can become more identified, yeah? But it wouldn't allow you to acknowledge it yourself. No. That's not enough. It needs more. So a lot of times, like, when I was using drugs, the whole point was to look good. It didn't matter how you felt. As long as you thought you were looking good, that was it, yeah? You felt like shit. But as long as you got it going on... (laughs) Everything was okay. To me, it was so crazy that what signified I was okay was if a beautiful g- woman would sleep with me. Yeah? And so as, as if I could, if some beautiful woman made a mistake and let me go home with her after I was on a 10-day run and she let me sleep with her, it produced a mental okayness. Yeah? Oh, I must be okay if she let me have sex with her. Yeah? That was my idea. But it didn't hold for long. So I had to go back out again and again and again and again because I was trying to get self-esteem. Yeah? I was trying to get a feeling that was... But what the real underlying feeling was something is wrong here. (laughs) So whatever image you have, let's say 99 people say you're great, you're probably going to tend to put a lot of attention on the one person who says you're an asshole. Yeah? Because there's a strong suspicion... That you're not what you think you are, and in fact, it's based on truth. You're not. <laughs> so it's a lot of work to keep seeming to be this. Yeah, a lot of work. Oh, it's incredible! What? It's exhausting. I swear to God. Can you imagine if you weighed thoughts, and you're having twenty, let's say, ten thousand thoughts in your head that are being attended to, and by the if a little word that signifies a lot, the word my was in front of those thoughts, and they were your thoughts, thoughts, now each of those thoughts would carry an extra pound of weight, yeah? 
Now, when the obsession with self is the dominant activity, you are so weighed down that you don't even know it because you've forgotten what it was like not to be weighed down. Yeah? It's like gravity. No one knows the effects of gravity. Nobody. No one's complaining about them at this cafe today. No one's bitching about it at Starbucks. Yeah? And you won't know it until you go into an anti-gravity chamber. When you experience its absence, you'll know it. Yeah? That's what happens with self. Start entertaining that it's inherently absent, and then you'll know it. And what you will know is you're not that. Yeah? And then what happens is you'll find out what you are. You can't know it, but you'll find out. Yeah? Yep? So, um, probably my most identified thought is I'm not good enough. And there we go. I am. So I'm identified. But I see that. And then I'm identified with seeing that and continue the suffering. Is that what you're, you were talking about? So it's just a mental thought that I can understand that I'm selfing. And then I can get in that second loop that's just double yes. selfing. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's more subtle. It's sort of like the first time I came to a satsang, I heard the message. This lady was giving it. And I raised my hand. I wanted to share. And I said, wow. You know, something really got triggered here. And I said, I came in here, and I was thought this was what was going on. I was observing mental states, but from the observ- observational point of view, that was assumed to be me, being, yeah? That's what I am. When I heard satsang, I realized that what was happening was it was a mental state that was observing another mental state, which is what selfing always does. Selfing will always place you, try to place you behind the camera when all you are is in front of the camera. Yeah? You are never going to get you. Yeah? This is what selfing does. So what happened with me when I first started coming here, I had about seven experiences of that where I fell under that assumption, oh, I'm in the state of being, observing mental states. And then what happened here? It's like a realization. When it's like this, it's really safe, yeah? I'm having realizations. I can have thousands of them, yeah? I can have millions of them if it's like this, yeah? But this one is a little different because when it happens, it goes like this. The realization happens, but it goes like this. And then you're seen. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now. Very difficult to get back in when this happens. Yeah. So now you're seeing, and then you realize all my assumptions was I was oh seeing all this stuff. No, you were in front of the camera, and you will never not be in front of the camera as what you're not. But as what you are, you'll see what you're not. You'll see it. Yeah. And you know what? There's nothing to see. It's actually quite similar as seeing you. And it is. You see a you, but now the you isn't crowned with this incredible mystical mythical crown of me. You're just a you. And there's a huge relief from the me without having to negate the you at all. The you just goes on youing. Yeah, but now it doesn't have this incredible weight of being the center of the universe <laughs> and that everything is about me all day it's just freed and the body does a lot better 
<laughs> the greatest yoga asana you could do to get relief from the for the body is to get relief from self. <laughs> if not, you're going. This is going to be an urban renewal project for your whole life. You'll constantly be thinking, "I'm not enough. I got to add on this subtract." It's all based on the premise: it's you. It's not this me. Yeah. So you see it. Yeah. Instead of be, instead of looking from it, which is what the mental state tries to do, it tries to hide the looking from it by saying it's seeing, but you always discover it's just another looking from it until it doesn't happen. And then you realize it's over. And knowing it, real, knowing it was over for me, not that it stopped, I saw that that was going to go on and on and on and on and on. I could have 800 experiences of it, and it will still be in place. I just got off the train. You know? I said, okay, that was revealed. That's what it's going to do. No matter what happens, no matter how big the realization, it's going to get behind it and claim it. All right, far out. That's the biggest realization of all. Yeah, That that's its nature. That's its tendency. So I don't, I'm not holding on, well... Until I get it, I won't have gotten it. No, I'm not waiting for this to get it because it can't. And that's the getting of it. He's the Monty Python. That's good. Oh, yes, the Monty Python. It's like there was some guy, one of the meetings, told us about this skit. We changed it completely. But it's like they're in this English garden, yeah? And they come out of the garden and they have safari caps and everything like that. There's about seven of them. And they're starving to death, and they have nothing to drink, yes? And they're like totally at loss, and how are we going to survive? And then they realize, we're being filmed. And then suddenly, the, the, the lens opens up, and there's a film crew, and they have water and sandwiches and this and that. And oh, we're saved! And now this, and then they realize, but this is being filmed too, yeah? yeah. And that's what happens. The selfing is the film crew. Yeah? But what you are can never be seen, never be felt, never be heard. So the film crew can observe what's observable, but can't observe what's observing. You are that. You are what's observing. You are not that which has observed something. You are what's observing. Then you could, you know, for me, what happened is it disarmed me. These revelations disarmed me. That energy to seek was was disarmed. It just lost all of its oomph because I realized, yeah, I realized the futility of it. It would just hit me just like when I got sober. I got sober from alcoholism not through a bottom but through a divine intervention. Something just downloaded and went into the innermost of this event, and I was finally convinced, which no one could convince me of. No arrests, getting run over twice in one night, my mother's pleading and prayers, enemies, friends, the state, no one could stop it. And then suddenly it got stopped. Yeah. Something occurred, and the alcoholism was, was thwarted, was frozen, was stopped in place. And new information came in that changed this life for the last 26 years. I had no intention of going to an AA meeting, and I found myself at one the next day. I had no intention of walking out of that trailer and not having another drink, and yet that happened. 
I had no intention of calling up Delancey Street, the program I had been in, and I called them. I had no intention of getting my life together. I was hopeless. I'd given up. All I wanted to do was stay high until I got arrested or died or went to jail or went to an institution. Really, literally. I was totally out of hope. And yet something occurred, downloaded, changed everything. And it's still changing everything. It never lost any oomph. It's just been re-energizing itself for 26 years. What more demonstration do I need? None. I just had to find out what I wasn't because I was assuming I was something and I'm not. And that was really putting a huge damper on the possibilities that were being offered to me. The, off, the possibility of peace was available, but I couldn't stop making it into something. Yeah. Do you think You mean subjective questioning, like self-inquiry? Like I'm wondering, at some point you were traveling heavier, and at some point Paul Hammond was traveling lighter, but there was some transition there. I'm also hesitant to practice anything, because that leads to a method, and it leads to... But I can't get away from that yes. transition. Well, what happened with me, as the action figure, yes, I got introduced to the Course in Miracles. That enlivened my mind, Unbelievably. Unbelievably. The ideas that I was reading, just like an avalanche of, of events inside me, yeah? I would go to these three-day affairs, and I would just laugh most of the time, because the, 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 the uh, description of what I was taking to be me as a foreign structure was so fucking clear, it was hilarious. <laughs> then I read... I got introduced to satsang, I read Ramana Maharshi, and I used self-inquiry. I was, remember I was on a flight to Australia, and I was asking myself, who's on this flight? And I wasn't looking for an answer, and there was like an en energetic boom, you know, something just kept dropping, boom, and it went on for like 12 hours. It just kept asking, boom, boom, it was just, and, you know, no one was noticing anything. It was a huge event going on with me, because... It was like I was dropping, like being in this room and not changing anything, but having the whole room drop about 10 feet into a deeper relaxation. That's what was happening with really no effort. I was just questioning that, that which was always questioning. I questioned, who is it? Yeah? And then it would say me. I say, well, who is that me? And then I just sit with it and see what cooked up. And what cooked up was a pause. Yeah? The selfing was interrupted, and my original face was in that plane of, of appearing here, having an active influence in the event. And it was no thing. Yeah? So I have a lot of respect for it. But the greatest respect, like Ramana says, as soon as you seem fall into that state of being, there's no need to inquire after that. Now rest there. Now ride that wave. You're already in the wave. You don't have to wax the, the board anymore. Ride it. Yeah? That's the that's real the real wisdom is is when something that was provided a great service in you in your life is now not a great service. Yeah? The tool was necessary until it isn't. Exactly. You put it down. You don't pick it up and carry it. Yeah? It did its job. So self-inquiry, the Course in Miracles, led me to the point where I don't, I don't have any interest in reading the Course in Miracles or doing self-inquiry. 
That's their point. Yeah. Hmm? I did, exactly. I did it. Yeah. I didn't do it now, but yeah. This is hmm? This, the talks. You know what I mean? What? <laughs> so you don't do the Course in Miracles, you don't do that, but you do do something is happening. Yeah, but you know that's the mean? whole point. Maybe not the only way these meetings go on is that I'm not here. <laughs> if I was here, there'd be a reason why I shouldn't be here. Right. Yes. So, no. I learned that. I was lucky. I learned that sense of a message coming through you, like water coming through a hose. I've had that sense for a long time. Yeah. And then what happened over time was I realized there is no hose. <laughs> It's just water. <laughs> yeah, because this is what happens. We don't have a get ready, get set, go room here. I don't come here and get prepared for the talk. We drove up and we walk in, and when we here it goes. Why? Why would I need to prepare when I have nothing to do with it? <laughs> Literally, and I put it to the test for thousands of events, and you know what? It hasn't failed once. <laughs> I've been at every meeting only because I haven't been here at all. <laughs> That's the reason why I never miss a meeting. Seriously. Yeah. If I owned it, I would have fucked it up already. For sure. I'd probably have a, I'd be on a higher die right now. I'd have some uh, personal assistance. Yeah. You'd have to sit quiet and then I'd get out the back door so I would have no contact with any of you after the talk. All these things could have come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have, all these weird things could have arisen. You know what I mean? But if you don't take a position, there's no fear of losing it. Yeah. This is a seat assignment. When the music comes on, I get up, and it's just been in the habit. The last 12 rounds, I've landed in the same seat, but that's not a given. Yeah? One time, it may lead me somewhere else. Who knows? You You just have a seat assignment. You know? I feel certain about this. I have faith in mind. I don't see maybe that all that you think is necessary to do, I don't see that as necessary. Because it hasn't proved to be the case in my life. Yeah? When I heard it, it was an unspoken yes, and then that thing took a while to echo and echo and echo, and that's all it's doing here. It's echoing its own certainty. Yeah? But the certainty wasn't developed. It was there before anything ever happened, before I ever heard the message. I just needed that light to land on my bonfire, yeah? that, that match. As soon as the match landed, that which was always possibly to ignite, ignited. Yeah. And then it burns on, on itself. It never runs out. You don't have to throw logs in it. You know? But I like doing the talks. I don't want to pay... $200 to do another intensive with somebody. I don't believe in them. I don't. That's why we've never produced a retreat. It, was, it would be insane to go 10 days doing this for 10 days. It would be like beating a dead horse. Way too much. This is a message. You're the thesis. You're the scripture. You are a living one. All you need is a little match. You don't need a giant 800 gallons of petrol. Just one little match. Hey, you're that. And we go about saying what you're not. Because you can know what you're not. You can know that you're not the thinker. You can know that. You can know that you're not the feeler. You can know that you're not the body. But you cannot know what you are. You cannot know. Because what's knowing 
that you're not the body is that which can't be known. All the knowing in the world is issuing from that which can't be known. But all the knowing can't be turned on it to know it. It doesn't fucking work. This is one of the big dilemmas. We're attempting to know what can't be known. But you can know what you're not. And my humble message is you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. There's not saying there's not an entity or a body. I don't care about that. But you're not it. And you'll probably travel a whole lot lighter as it when you're not it. Instead of working so hard to travel lighter as it, as it, you'll travel lighter from it. You know? Yeah. I'm stoked, man. I'm just stoked all the time. Because it's a living... It's not like, oh, well, in three days it will hit you. No, it's right now. You know what I mean? That's what I love about it so much. It's quick. I used to shoot coke in the neck because I couldn't get it in fast enough. This is faster than that because it's already there. I mean, I was trying to save as much time as I could to get that fucking rush as fast as I could. This is the perfect solution. It's timeless. (laughs) It doesn't take any time at all to sense it. It's already here. It's like, it's like, it's like cutting out the dealer, cutting out the, the refiner, cutting out the maker, cutting out the syringe dealer. No, you're it. Hallelujah! And you can't be pulled over. You can't be arrested. You're not on probation. It can't be taken away from you. It's your, it's your given state. If you can see the artificial one we're identified as is not you, you'll sense the given state you are. How could you not? Can you imagine how much we're making things real? Can you imagine if we turn that making things real onto reality? What that would be like? We've made things that aren't even happening seem to happen. Can you imagine if we put it on what's always happening, what kind of return we'll get? Haven't we produced effects from things that aren't happening through the thought system? When I'm thinking about yesterday and tomorrow, they're not happening, yet an effect is being produced now, right? That's the power of mind. What would happen if you align that power of mind that's actively occurring all day here onto what's real? Or in that direction, because there's nothing onto it. Yeah? Find out. What a dynamic, when reality is looking at reality. <laughs> oh, That's like when Ramana says, to know God is to be God. That's what it's like. <laughs> like that. Yeah. And if you want, come to meetings. You know, We have tons of information on Zen Bitch Slap, all for freaking free. Listen to it. You may not understand me and... Well, if you understand me, that's even worse. But, you know, if you hear it, it will intimate something with you. I have total confidence in it. Because I've seen it happen with people I know yeah, over the years. And I go back every year to other places, and they're all traveling later over time. Yeah. They've been getting, they're in the state of being relieved from the bondage of self. Yes? Does that mean that you get introduced to your own Yes, you do. 
but it's not your ignorance. It's just ignorance that you're claiming to be yours. It's not yours, man. That's the real problem. When it's your ignorance, it's going to have a huge effect on you. When it's ignorance, you'll see it as something that can have a sway and cannot, but it's based on you believing it. It's much different. Much how, different. How do, you, how do you help yourself not to drag that bag along with you? I mean, it, it's okay. It seems like it's okay to be introduced to you to, to that ignorance. But, but how do you make sure that you uh, not claim it? <laughs> Just recognize that that's what's going to happen. And you're not the you that's represented as the claimer. That's all. Don't worry about the claiming. You're not going to stop that. Just stop. You can, you, you, you can, in seeing, you won't f- fulfill the selfing mission. Yeah? You'll see it, but you won't become the seer. Yes? You'll see it. Yeah? And yet, the, product, the, the selfing wants you to be the seer. You'll just see it. And after a while, you just see everything. And after a while, you realize, I'm the seeing of what I'm not, basically. That's the closest you can get to describing what you are. I'm the seeing of it all. Because that's the one one constant, is seeing. Yeah. Now, it coming through the year, it's called hearing, this eye, it's, it's called vision, tasting. Yeah. But you could have 20 senses, and it would still be the same seeing. Yeah. Going through 20 different gates and appearing to be a different experience, yeah? But it's still the same seeing, yeah? The seeing, all there is, it's all verbing. We just saw this special, I saw someone here, the Bella Gaia. They had these huge uh, uh, thing, uh, screen, and they were showing, like, this, the newest stuff from NASA, you know, the space agency, pictures of the Earth from space, and then they had all these things of what you can't picture, but, like, the flow of currents in the ocean, yeah, and then the flow of water vapor and clouds and then wind currents and everything's moving. Everything. And if you've looked at inside of you, everything's moving. There's this whole idea though, suddenly we're a solid, separate thing. It's a made up freaking story. But this whole thing, everything's moving. You couldn't believe they showed the Mediterranean Sea, all the different currents, and then the Pacific, all the different currents. Now when you look at the water you don't see those currents. Yeah? But they are just as much as the water as anything. Yes? We are... Everything is just verbing here. Everything is... Everything is verbing. Verbing, 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 verbing. And the seeing is verbing. Yeah. Yes? So basically everything we tell ourselves is a lie. And how do you know that you are doing things through your spirit? Is it, is it like a, a thing of love and compassion? Well, first of all, everything you tell yourself isn't a lie. That's not true. It's the self that's the lie. Sometimes your mind works really well. Like if I lose my keys, my mind works pretty well. It remembers where I last was, and then it remembers the number of the restaurant. I call the restaurant, and they have the keys there. Yeah. <laughs> so the thoughts can work very well. Yeah. They can. There's an aspect. And usually, the most beautiful aspect of it is after they work, they recede. Yeah? So there's a thought about the topic because it's a pressing topic. And then when the pressingness of the topic is gone, the thoughts recede. And there's the space again. Yeah? But we're dealing with uh, a system of thought that has a lot to do 
with this idea of being a self, which is predominantly value the past and the future. Now, that's not a working mind, yeah? We believe it's serving us, but it doesn't serve us like that mind that arises when you've lost something and it goes over the last eight hours of what you've done. You know what I mean? To find it. That's a different feeling. That's like the servant, yeah? But then the time, the mind about yesterday and tomorrow is the master. Yes? It's the master because now it's, it's taking a thought and, and, and brought it to another form of creation or making, which is the thinker, which is a thought. But it sure doesn't feel like a thought. It feels like you. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes. See? Just see. Just see. Yes? See it. Let this, if you let, the information's already in, it'll do something. Yeah? It'll check it out. And, and then repetition's helpful. You know? You come to a meeting. We attempt to have a lot of these meetings and on a, uh, like a, a, a constant basis to provide a service of repetition, basically. Yeah. So if you seem to forget, which is that you never forget, but you can seem to forget, you can unseem to forget coming to a meeting. Yeah, like a reminder. So that's what we do. Yeah, that's the service aspect of it. We're not going to leave you hanging dry with this message. I had this. I did a talk in Toronto, and a lady was having a psychic break almost. She was like losing it. Because that whole thing that was real had, had fallen apart and she was flipping her out. So we had a sort of, you know, high hugger and stuff. And then this one lady that's really solid, I know, there, I had her walk her out and stuff like that. We're not going to do that. We have meetings every week for years, yeah? So you can explore it and stuff and just and have a safe place to, to uh, entertain these possibilities, yeah? It may not be safe for you to entertain these possibilities at work or in your relationship. Yeah? But here you can. So we, we provide that service, all of us. All of us that are here tonight, we're providing that service. Yeah. Hey, I'm done, I think. <laughs> yes? Yeah? You are too, eh? Yeah. Thanks, Paul. You are.